Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it is show number 510. On today's show, we're talking about killing shop reverb. Uh, not a person named Reverb. It's actually, you know, it's like <laughs> sound waves. That'd be funny, though. Anyway, planar speeds as well. Uh, and we'll talk about woodworking on a metal table. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. That's one of you guys. This month, they're giving away a set of award-winning Dustrite Flexiport, Flexiport hose kits. I haven't seen these. I should look them up. This prize includes both of their fixed and expandable hose options, allowing you to connect your shop vac or dust collection system to nearly any size port for power tools. That's pretty cool. Uh, this prize is valued at over $100. Enter for your chance to win before October 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. Way to research the uh, Rockler products before That's doing the show. That's what I do. That's good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting better at this uh, ad read thing. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> And if you also want to help support the show, you can do so. You can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. This episode, we're thanking Patrick Clavett, Troy Santos, and Mark Stepanek. Sweet. How great is that? So, Matt, would you know what a Dustrite Flexiport Power Tool Hose Kit is? Yeah, I got one. Oh, well, look at you. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to outdo me. I know who's uh, the, the favorite on Rockler's side. Well, yeah. I have to look it up. We're also in the same state. I actually go to like their store sometimes. <laughs> It's true. That was there yesterday. I'll do that. I'll do that this year <laughs> at some point. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, I guess we get to what's on the bench, shall we? Uh, I'll go first. I've been filming a lot of dumb stuff. That's not what it dumb says. stuff. Yeah. Dumb stuff, meaning like the filler content between projects that I'm trying to put out for this uh, crazy schedule I'm trying to keep. Um, it's kind of it's it's an interesting challenge to continue to do things like lists and <laughs> top fives and like but but not make it horrible lists. Is, is really my goal. <laughs> like a top three, a top seven, you know, switch it up a little bit. Whoa, bless, bless you. you. Who was that? Oh, bless you, Lindsay. You. Was that pancake? Oh, <laughs> Could you imagine if that's your dog sneeze? <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> that's very, very great voice she has. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, just uh, filming all the stuff in between, trying to fill the gaps. But really, you know, my goal is if I'm starting to phone it in and I'm just like making lists and cranking out videos for the sake of cranking out videos, that's when I have to hit the brakes because um, that would be dumb. I'm not going to do that at this point in my career. Uh, but, you know, trying to make a substantial good information, stuff that I haven't really talked about too much before is kind of the goal. So that's always fun. Um, how many, also, how many guys, weeks are you into it now? Oh, we're well over the three month point. So I believe technically that was quick. Yeah. Sometime in August was the three month point. 
and now I have extended it. I mean, mostly because, you know, this is like woodworking season that we're getting into now. Right. Um, and I figured if I'm going to do this and get the most out of this effort, I need to do it at a time when people are actually in their shops and, you know, tend to watch these things. So we'll see how that goes. Well, congrats on going that far. That's something. Yeah. Thanks. It's weird. It's weird. It's not, I mean, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be, but I also see that eventually there's only so much you could do before you start, you know, just kind of making content for content's sake. And that's not where I want to be in my right. life at all. Uh, so aside from that, woodworking wise, haven't done a whole lot because we are kind of in between projects, but I'm prepping uh, you guys. I'm prepping for another workbench build. Yeah, you're not, you're nuts. Just yeah. call me baby Schwarz. <laughs> mm. <laughs> another I workbench. That. I saw that and, and kind of immediately unsubscribed from uh, just you as a friend. <laughs> You jerk. You're, no you're contributing content. to the workbench death of the universe at this point. It's like well, a heat death, but just with more, <laughs> yeah. more lumber. But here's the way I see it. Um, the, the Rubo that I built in the guild, it's a great workbench. I mean, you really can't get a whole lot better than that. It's got bench crafted hardware on it. Um, it's really what I consider a top of the line workbench design with top of the line hardware. Um, I would like to, to make a bench that is just as serviceable in, in the sense of like what it can do and the kind of ways that it can hold work, just a lot less expensive. And I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years from people who want to build the Rubo, but I want it to be mobile. Uh, I want it to be knocked down. I want it to be a little bit smaller. I want it to be cheaper. These are all like things that are primary concerns of mine. Can I build a quality bench with those requirements? So it is going to be, you know, modeled after a Rubo. It's uh, going to have a split top. It'll be very similar in a lot of ways, but less material, less expensive hardware. And, uh, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what it turns out. Like, uh, I'm also, you know, keeping in mind more of, I would say less of the traditional woodworker and more of the hybrid woodworker. Um, so I will do things to this bench that I might not have done to a much more classic traditional, uh, woodworking bench to make it a little bit more utilitarian for, for my own purposes. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's a new bench. And the real the real challenge here is like once it's done and uh, I use it for a little bit, what if I really like it? And oh. now I got to decide between these two fantastic. <laughs> what benches. if you don't? <laughs> what if I hate it? Well, which whichever one I keep should be a pretty strong endorsement of one or the other. <laughs> but I was surprised I, I just have two benches. I wish I could. And if I get rid of that stupid CNC, I might be able to. uh to make room well, for I mean, it. if you drag your feet a little while, you can put them in Taylor's room, and there you go. True. Nothing like bringing a Rubo up a staircase. Um, I'm at the CNC, but oh, <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> well, yeah, that's perfect. You can have it running while you're in the shop filming. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll put it in the driveway with the lathe. That'll be fine. There you go. See, <laughs> Ashley's bench. <laughs> yeah, Ashley's workbench will be out there with her lathe. Oh, so. please, please just like put the lathe outside. It's like tarp it. And it's like leaving the driveway. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. It won't rust or anything. Yeah, yeah it works. It works great for like my Weber grill that's falling <laughs> apart out there. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, thinking about this workbench that's going to be coming up soon. Oh, you know what? I should mention we're doing. We're gearing up to go toward the end of the month to work with uh, Mike Farrington on a guild project. And this is not just like any guild project. We're doing. We're actually bringing out um, Todd, the editor slash videographer that works for us. Um, so he's going to come out and actually film on location, uh, with Mike, we're sort of using it as an opportunity to kind of like, uh, Todd and I have never worked together on the filming side of things. He's captured footage on location, but I haven't been there. So the, you know, working together should help us kind of put our heads together to understand each other better and have him understand what I'm looking for out of like guild project footage and, uh, should be a really cool experience. Um, so I'm excited to go to Mike's shop and, uh, see what's going on over there. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. I, I, I even thought about having like, if the whole pandemic wasn't a thing, I, one of my plans was when I bring Matt out again, which is something like we were doing almost on a yearly basis, but then uh, life ruined that. Um, <laughs> I was thinking how much more fun would it be if there was someone else filming and we could just goof off and have fun and let someone else worry about the camera. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> so, a lot more fun. Yeah, it would be a lot more fun, right? It would be a lot funnier too, because most of the funny stuff happens when there's not even a camera rolling. That's true. So, I'm moving the camera for you. <laughs> yeah. So we would capture all that stuff, man. That would be great. And that'd be, it'd be a, a great YouTube video. So that's <laughs> it for me. That's what I got going More on. More inside Matt, jokes. <laughs> you no, know, nothing but inside jokes, top to bottom. 
<laughs> what do you got going on? Oh, I'm just uh, kind of getting towards the end of my serpentine chest thing finally, which is nice to be at. <clears throat> I have arrived at probably the hardest decision I've ever had on this project so far. And it is what kind of edge profile I'm going to put on the top. Hmm. It's, That's a, a big it's obnoxious. Well, it's like one yeah. of those things, like once you put it in there, I mean, most of the time you can't change it. And an edge profile, as simple as it is, really says a lot about the piece, <laughs> you know, in terms of like, where do you want this style to go? You know, more classic. Do you put a ugly OG on there? That's well, th that's from lean tours, but not the Roman OG, like an oblique or not. I don't know. So, like a non, wait, are you talking, non symmetrical. Are you talking edge profile or like the shape of the top edge profile? I thought I, the I, shape I, thought I right. the, the shape just mirrors the shape of the case. That one, that was easy. The top's like the easiest part of the whole project. Oh, glue two boards mm -hmm. together, cut the shape out, and they'll stare at it for like four hours trying to pick out a router bit that you think is going to look good. Yeah. And then you pick one I you think I, is good. I, you drive to Rockler, you pick up a $60 router bit, you bring it home, do a test piece. You're like, I don't like this at all. This is butt ugly. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought I one. saw a post of yours somewhere that, sh that had like the top and it was kind of a, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you were like still cutting it or something. It was like, it had an odd shape to it. Yeah. Well, like the, uh, I, I posted a picture of it because I, I, I glued the two boards together. I had the felling wedge cut thing in it still from mm -hmm. where whoever cut this tree down and must have done it with like a little tiny chainsaw and had to make like 800 cuts to get mm -hmm. this tree to come down. Uh, so anyway, that maybe that the, was it. The, the goofy ends were still on it from being cut down. Um, but I, I have cut it into the same shape as the whole case. So it has a serpentine curve on the front and then the side just squared off. Okay. I just, I just want to say, I'm really glad for that. Um, I, I was just like glad, going glad back for, for your, that, that that's what you chose to do because oh, we, <laughs> as a friend, I, I felt like I needed to intervene. Um, I, I, I just found actually going to throw like this weird, Oh, I made the whole entire case, the same serpentine profile, but yeah, top. Yeah. Well, yeah so that's that the picture that he posted with that piece of wood on the top. Yes. Um, that wasn't and, a joke. No, I mean, <laughs> I saw it. I'm like, he's just, I mean, cause it's all rough cut and all goofy looking on one side. I, I figured it was a joke. I was just, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't, I was just looking kind of quickly and I <laughs> yeah. saw it. And my first thought was, oh, good Lord. Like that's not, <laughs> it's not attractive, but at you, the same time, such an internet troll. They're like, well, only would Popping have been a troll if I, if I posted done. about it. But like, um, what are they there's, a, there's a post uh, right after that one of the actual top. Yeah. Without yeah, um, the edge profile. Porringer, Porringer tables. They have like, like a rounded section at the corners that sticks out. So, I mean, there actually is a style of 18th century furniture where the top doesn't mimic the case. Um, and they have the more common Porringer table has just like a round section, almost looks like a, like you put a cup holder or something on the corners, <laughs> but some of them, like I want to say um, like early Chippendale had these like really crazy, like butterfly type curves and things on the edge of the top. And it obviously it was a very short lived period because I think even back in the 18th century, they're like, what are you smoking? That looks awful. <laughs> um, so for, the, for a minute there, like quickly looking at the image, I thought, Oh, good Lord. <laughs> what, what has he done? <laughs> so I, Felt like I needed to intervene. But I no, don't I'm even glad think to hear I could that. come up with that shape on my own. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, I go to Instagram because I want to see these pictures again. And then my eyes are uh, are treated with another picture of Ben Ueda in his underwear. Oh, good. And I can't, I can't seem to scroll past it. <laughs> Just post after post it, of. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think his advertisers paid enough to like break the app. So I'm stuck looking at his nipples. <laughs> this is all you get now. That's all I get. Okay, sorry. That was really <laughs> distracting, Ben. Thanks. Anyway. So like uh let's see. What 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 is what is the style of this piece? You know, this kind of serpentine thing. Does it fit into a um you know typical furniture style that dictates what kind of profiles should be on it? Or is it a play on a style so you don't want to do like what it would traditionally How, be? I mean it's more of a Queen Anne-ish, but yeah. I, I have uh taken things away 
or mm-hmm, in a different right. direction already. So it's not like it's that big of a deal what the edge profile actually is. Okay. Just, right. I don't usually use edge profiles, but I feel like this one needs one. Normally I'm like, oh, just break the corners and that's good enough. Maybe an under bevel if I'm doing some shaker, make it like a little thinner, but yeah. Eh. Mm, yeah, Tricky. you gotta have a profile on this with with all the stuff, especially because you've got like you know base yeah. molding and all that around it. Right. Um I mean that should probably dictate your edge profile um around the top. That that's kind of what I'm trying to riff off of, but my I don't the the um the profiles I use on the base have I guess they got they have like fillets. I don't really want fillets or flat areas in the edge profile. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like some kind of fingernail. Something soft. Profile or... something. And not too big either. I think. I don't know. So I don't. I, th- I know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go to the store again and I'm going to spend <laughs> way too much money on router bits. Yeah. And I'm going to bring them back here and run a bunch of profiles. And my router, my router bit cabinet is going to be a lot, little more full than it was before. Yeah. All this. these bits that you'll never use again. Right. But I, but I have them in case. <laughs> yeah. And I'll know which ones I don't like. <laughs> right. Totally. Well, that's cool. Let us know what you pick. I'm, that's I'm a situation interested. where I find something like SketchUp or like if you're good with the other like more capable modeling programs can be really beneficial. Yeah, then you I, can, I can't even, I, I don't know. Something about that though is I still can't completely visualize it unless yeah, it's in, need it person. in person. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like, oh, it looks good in the computer. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you have to keep perspective in perspective. <laughs> you know. Thank you, Shannon. Very insightful of you, Shannon. <laughs> keep perspective. Well, in perspective. Mean, we're talking. We're talking a low chest here, so you're always going to be looking at it from a higher point of view. So, you know, you could have this cool stuff going on underneath the top, but if you're never going to see it unless you're like crawling around on all fours that doesn't really do anything. So you have to keep your, your point of view from, you know, six foot high or whatever, five foot eight. I don't know how tall you are, Matt. Not five, six, six foot three. No. You have to keep that in perspective. Well, cool. Well, I'll Something. be buying broader bits. That's what I'll be doing. <sighs> Excellent. Go shop at Rockler. That's all that matters. Here. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to go see my buddy Jeremy at Rockler again and say, I'm, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Give me some more bits. <laughs> got, what you got? Like, what's the return policy on a used router bit? Is there even one? Is there one? <laughs> I feel like there might not be. I'm bringing all these bits back. These are all like dirty. Yeah. <laughs> these are dirty. <laughs> these are used. Take them back. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Well, if Shannon, you- what do you got going on? you keep that little wax coating intact and you can like still slip it back on, they probably won't notice. Oh, there you go. Cut it off with a uh, razor blade so you can right. slide it back in like a little package. <laughs> I, I, like I did that for a while because I used to think that was like a good way to protect my router bit. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's slip just the wax back on. Not convenient. The problem is, is it doesn't, it doesn't stay very long. Eventually, like you take it off once or twice and then it falls apart, so. But that was always a good indication of those router bits that I never used. I bought used once and then never used them again because they still had the wax on it. Anyway, I'm not mm-hmm. working with router bits. Um, what? I'm, I'm, I'm going Cremona. I have a no. slab of walnut. That's never. On bench. <laughs> I'm never. Not, there's, not a, there's, a, there's a title of an episode a few episodes not ago. Not going full Cremona. <laughs> yeah. Careful where you tread with this one, Shannon. Was like I was wondering if it was like a certification program, like I had to take a class. Eighty-five <laughs> percent or greater passing rate in order to, uh, well, to qualify. It's a, it's a class on VHS. It's like a box set. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you get you have to watch it on a TV cart with a TV oh, strapped to the cart, and right it's on. a tube TV. You know, come with a spiral bound notebook. Oh man, I'm, I'm sure anyway, my age now. <laughs> Anyway, I have a big old slab of walnut on my bench, and um, things are heavy. Like, walnut? Almost a heavy. Well, just just a slab in general. Okay, whatever. Okay, fine. All right. All right. Okay, I got it. I get where you're going. It's um, a lot of wood. I mean, it's basically <laughs> the size of my workbench. Uh, it's about eight feet long. It's actually a little bit wider than my workbench. It's like 26 inches wide. And I, I planed it down and got it like 
nice and flat and smooth. And then I flipped did it you over. Did you use your router sled? No, I did not. I'm pretty sure it. the only way to flatten a slab is with a router sled. That's, that's what I've heard. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's I, that's what the internet totally tells true. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I put my joiner plane in a sled and I <laughs> slid it up and down. It works Sweet. really well. Well, if you think about it, I mean, the plane iron is just basically in a sled. Yeah, it's just yeah, pretty short. You, yeah. you know, right? I would pay good money to see you put like a giant number eight in a plywood sled <laughs> with rails on the side and just run that thing back and forth and make a video about it. Uh, yeah. Even I would watch that. Uh, and then I'd have, to, I'd have to hook up some sort of like super fancy dust collection and like yeah. probably a yeah. laser line or something to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to be. It would have to have Bluetooth. <laughs> it have to be awesome. operable from an app. Something yeah. like that. But the point being, like, I, I find, like, moving stuff around quite a bit in my shop because I've got a small shop. The workbench is the center of the shop. So, like, I'll finish part of a project and then I, like, have to move on to another section. And moving this slab has become so difficult. Like, it's easy enough to, like, flip while it's on the bench top. But once I take it off the bench top, it's like a major, you know, hernia-inducing <laughs> task to get it back up onto the bench so I'm finding myself like working on top of this desktop. Like <laughs> this is just what could go wrong? Like mm-hmm. I've already, I've already surfaced it. I, I did um, uh, an inlay strip on it and I've been doing, uh, I was actually slicing veneer um, on top of it before I realized like what I was doing, like before I cut all the way through the veneer with the veneer saw, like <laughs> working on the surface of the slab getting really dangerous because i'm just basically too weak to uh to continue <laughs> picking up the slab and moving Jeez. it around so it's become like my supplemental workbench top it's this wow. big old slab of walnut so yeah I, I i the point is to this i have a greater respect for matt and now I, i'm starting to understand like why all the forklifts um <laughs> why all the forklifts why need one of those forklifts? like piggyback like moffat forklifts like in your shop so you can like move the slab or move the the chest from like one assembly table to another. I have a wife for that. Jeez, she's very strong. But see, <laughs> I heard that it was sexist, Lindsay. It was not sexist. It was. It was. I not. think it's. I think it's more of an endorsement of of her like rigid workout force schedule. strength. It's, it's an endorsement of her willingness to assist me with my life and my job. I, I see it's you on very Instagram working out spouse. and clearly it's paying off. Yeah, it's all those and workouts. got that upper body strength. She has been working out and a lot of it is moving the chest of drawers around. That's a girl. There you go. And I'm going to get slapped now. <laughs> <laughs> Please put that in a story. That'd be great. <laughs> well, very good. Um, oops, tugged on my wire. Um, I think we have some kickback and announcements to do here. Yeah, so this was um, this came out on the Lost Art Press blog um, today as we're recording this, and uh, you guys uh, might have heard this, but uh, uh, Billy Sundquist, he's kind of like the master of Sloyd. He's pretty much everybody who does spoon carving these days probably learned by watching Billy or possibly learning from Billy directly. Um, mm-hmm. He passed away, uh, gosh, almost three years ago now, um, and there was kind of a big kerfuffle we'll just call it that within the family about who was going to get all of his tools and long story short it didn't work out too well and they went up for like public auctions so his son who's kind of taken on that legacy and has now become like the big sloyd teacher um he was just really worried that these were just going to disappear that his father's legacy was going to disappear so uh somebody came along and started up a gofundme campaign and apparently it was one of those like super crowdsourcing success stories. Um, so I just, I wanted to post uh, the the link to the Lost Art Press blog because I've never been a big like GoFundMe type person. Um, I'm sure you guys probably get a fair number of requests for people who say, hey, can you mention my GoFundMe campaign? And I always have to just like politely decline because it's just that everybody would start asking for it. But this yeah. was one yeah. instance uh-huh. where I think this is what the platform was for. Um, this really has gone to a good cause because what, um, and I'm going to mispronounce his name. It's either Yogi, 
his son, Yogi, Yogi, I, I've never met him in person. I've only ever seen it in a print, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his first name, but his son wants to create essentially like a room in the local museum dedicated to his dad. I mean, he's had such an incredible impact on kind of the green woodworking movement that is so popular now. So I just think it's really kind of heartwarming to see that um, while they didn't get everything at the auction, they were able to get some of the most important things by using the funding from this GoFundMe campaign. So wow. I don't know, heartwarming thing, um, you know, come out of coming out of something that could have been really ugly. And I also thought since our last episode was talking about retirement, you, yeah, know, you right. kind of wonder like, you know, the next stage after retirement, like what's going to happen, you know, to your tools, to, yeah. to your legacy. Maybe something to, uh, to specify with your lawyer, what you want done with those things. Absolutely. Uh, and in this instance, I, I, I don't know the whole story. The, the article talks about how, uh, divorces and, and new marriages and things kind of cause some complications. I don't even know if that's accurate or not, but you know, there's been many stories out there where someone passes away and the ugliest side of family comes to the forefront. Right. Yeah. I have a feeling that may be what happened here, but sure. it is something, you know, if that, if that's important to you, if your tools continuing to get used in woodworking instead of like disappearing into a yard sale is important to you, it's something to seriously think about when it comes to, you know, in your will. So it's a bit beyond retirement, but you know, you yeah. have kind of a theme. It's something to think about. I think I'm going to give all my stuff to Shannon. So he, so he doesn't have any idea what to do with it all. Especially all the wood. I hear like, where am I going to put this crap? <laughs> uh, that's great. That's where the other yeah. workbench is going to go. Okay. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to specifically save it the power tool one, the power tool workbench, not the room. Yes. <laughs> all of my power tools go to Shannon. <laughs> That'd be great. I hope it's one of those workbenches with the integrated table saw. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice DeWalt saw top, uh, popped in the middle there. Yep. Oh my God, that takes me back. It's like <laughs> wood magazine articles or like wood, Woodsmith magazine articles where it's like yeah. the, the workstation. This mm -hmm. like massive island that sits in the middle of your shop that has like every power tool built into it all at the same height. Yep. Wow. Perfect. That back. is old school. But I bet you a lot of people still rock that though. I mean, it's not a bad setup. Yeah, once they built it, they couldn't move it. <laughs> it's stuck there. <laughs> All right. So the second thing we have here is a question from Luke summed up as Luke wonders if woodworkers fighting cancer is still a thing. It is indeed. It uh, has been. And, you know, as long as we can continue to do it always will be. It happens every year, typically uh, in the fall, mid to late fall. Uh, so that is uh, this year is no exception. Um, so stay tuned for any announcements we That's might like have pretty about soon. that. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, we don't have a project picked out yet, but um, uh, Nicole's kind of working on it on the side. <laughs> That's her job, so, you know. I just wait till she tells me what to do. Yeah, all right. So uh, you guys know what Rockler does well besides everything? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Wait, <laughs> right? that's Dust not what I meant. <laughs> you twisted my words, Cremona. That's what I do. They do, they do hardware pretty darn well. Uh, choosing it's the best hardware the for your project. Huh? What? It's in the name. It Rockler is woodworking and hardware. It is. I it's didn't follow true. that right away. That tells you. <laughs> <laughs> tells you can, I read this, can I read this thing? You guys want to read this? You can't read this. I'm trying like to. You knew no, here? I can't. I would like to. May I have permission to? Yeah, a fine. All right. Whether you're uh, look, shut up, Jesus. Uh, whether you're looking for drawer slides, hinges, knobs, and pulls, screws and fasteners, you're sure to find what you need at Rockler. Uh, they carry thousands of hard-to-find hardware options and lots of router bits. Uh, Rockler <laughs> makes the hardware buying for process. Long. I'm going to buy they them all. They anymore, <laughs> at least not where you live. Uh, they make the buying process really easy with comprehensive buying guides that walk you through all of the choices. You'll find what you need in one of Rockler's many retail stores or online at rockler.com. And if you have a question about your hardware purchase, their expert retail associates and product support team can provide expert assistance. I don't want to uh, say too much because we can't, but we got a little peek into some cool stuff coming down the line. Oh yeah, uh, we did. Right. It's oh. uh, it's pretty exciting. I don't, I don't know what um, allowed us to have that privilege, but it no was pretty either. awesome. <laughs> we were very lucky. It was, it was like a little preview show. Fantastic. So uh, good stuff coming down the line has nothing to do with hardware, but thought I'd mention it. I wanted uh, many of those things. That was the important part. Me too. I said, want, Check mark one. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks Rockler for sponsoring the show as always. And if you need any kind of hardware, 
at all or fancy uh, router bit profiles, that's your place to go is rockler.com. All right, so we got questions. Boy, do we got questions. Guess I'll do the first one here from Zach. He says, I recently bought a house and it came with a two-car garage that I've turned into my workshop. One of the problems I'm facing is loud reverb. Obviously, I wear ear protection uh, when using the saw, but it still hurts my ears if I do something like dropping a piece of wood on the floor. Do you have any cheap ways to reduce reverb in the shop? I don't want to wear earmuffs all the time. Okay, so this is something that I, it's near and dear to my heart because I can't stand uh, reverberating spaces. I find it very difficult to talk and I I don't, uh, my voice doesn't uh, enjoy being raised all day long. So it's important for me to kind of kill as much reverb as I can. It also, you know, side effect of that is it makes the videos that I film a little bit easier to listen to because it's not as echoey. So uh, absorption panels is something that I I took on a long time ago. Um, I had an 1800 square foot shop in Arizona when I really took it seriously and to cover that much space, it was, I had to buy a solution. I wasn't going to build a whole bunch of these panels, but uh, if you're looking to save money, there are some great instructional articles and videos out there on DIY absorption panels. That's what you want to Google, and you will find tons of examples. Uh, think of it this way. You're basically making the simplest possible wooden frame you can, pocket screws, um, just butt joints and screws, whatever it takes. You make a very simple frame, and you put insulation in the middle. That's like like in the simplest terms, that's about all it is. Then you get a acoustically transparent fabric. You could wrap or well, I mean, it's in your shop, so I don't know how much you care about what it looks like, but that will uh, contain and sort of hold the insulation in place, but also give you something that's not too bad to look at. This is something that uh, people do all the time for home theater, which is another one of my hobbies. You could do things like um, bat insulation, standard insulation in there. You could uh, use um, rock sole or rockwood insulation, which is a little bit more of a rigid insulation that could be cut to size and fit perfectly in that frame. Um, but there's really not a whole lot to it. So if you really just want to cut down on some of the, the worst echoes, uh, make yourself you know five or six of these things, put them up on the ceiling and uh, do a little research because the depth of the, the depth matters, whether they're suspended or mounted you know directly to the ceiling, that can impact how well they worked. There's a lot more to it, but building them should not be that difficult. So um, look at DIY absorption panels. You also want to take a look at uh, some purchased solutions, go to Gick Acoustics, that's G-I-K Acoustics. They not only have stuff that you could buy that's like ready to go, but you can also buy kits from them so you could assemble it yourself, save a few bucks. And some of the things that I mentioned, like the insulation, um, they actually supply those. So you could buy them directly from those folks as well. Uh, but you'll get some good inspiration for what you're building if you're going to do the DIY method, if you go look at uh, Gick Acoustics. And I'm sure there's tons of other um vendors out there for this stuff but that's uh that's my best suggestion very nice that was yeah a well thought out researched answer good thank for you, you mark <laughs> thank you <laughs> way better than your uh rockler product research. my rockler ad read yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well gick acoustics uh welcome to the show as a sponsor we appreciate it <laughs> uh, you know what rockler it. doesn't do well acoustic panels <laughs> for now Maybe not for the moment give them time far as we know they did say there were more products that they didn't tell us about in that call with them so yeah be a whole other whole other thing (laughs) yeah all right well this uh email comes from nelson he said i've had the jet 20 inch helical head planer for a couple years uh purchased from rockler go rockler go rockler it's an excellent machine but i recently discovered that it has a two-speed gearbox for the feed rollers the instructions say that the two speeds are 24 feet per minute and the lower speed is 31 feet per minute. Um, what what the instructions do not say, however, is anything about when or why or under what circumstances a person would want one speed over the other. So basically, why? Um, he goes on here, but he says basically he's using the, the um, lower speed uh, and wonders really why. So um, I don't ever change the speed either to tell you the truth um what about you guys do you ever change your speed on your planer uh i forgot i had a knob <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> very rarely <laughs> i think that's kind of what nelson's saying as well um, yeah yeah there's that little like knob on the side and i think i push it in to change the speed and pull it out to change the speed i don't I have it i think i did it once when i first bought it but um certainly the the slower the feed rate the more cuts per minute you're going to have the tighter those um uh mill marks are going to be um certainly is going to give you a smoother supposedly better finish 
certainly can have something to do with like how hard the wood is or maybe how figured or how difficult the wood would be. If it's feeding at a slower rate, you're going to see less tear out in a situation like that. Um, honestly, I have never seen the need for the faster speed. Um, it doesn't really like I have I have in a faster speed seen it cause tear out on boards that and, you know, I then ended up slowing it down and getting a better, smoother, more finish ready cut uh, on the slower speed. So then I just never switched it back to the faster speed um, at our millwork um, at the lumber yard. You know, it's huge quantities and time is certainly of the essence. So we've got high speed planers and these suckers are running really, really fast, like, you know, 10 feet per minute type speed. And um, for the most part, they don't cause any problems, but you will see a greater um, predominance of mill marks, you know, those horizontal lines on the board or that kind of like almost grid type pattern that you get from the helical head planer cuts. Um, that's never a problem when we know that that particular board is going to have additional work done to it. We know that either it's going to be painted or somebody's going to do bunch of sanding after the fact which in most cases that's what a lot of our customers are doing but when we know that like this needs to be pretty much a finish ready surface we have slower speed planers that are set up specifically for that so easy answer is you're going to get a cleaner cut on that slower feed rate so for the hobbyist woodworker you're not really in that big of a hurry because let's face it the speed difference is not so dramatic that it's going to be that big of a difference um i keep it on the slower speed Plus, if you're Matt, it crushes your hand slower. Um, <laughs> that faster feed rate might have you caused can... even worse damage. <laughs> you watch your hand exploding in slow motion. You have a few more seconds of pain to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't touch mine, but I keep it on the fastest setting just because I haven't seen enough of a negative result to say it's worth slowing that process down. I mean, we're talking about a helical head, so it's not even like a traditional straight knife planer uh, is probably getting a pretty darn clean cut. Um, so yeah, I keep mine on a faster speed. Just why not? Yeah. You know, and that's a good point. Cause like I've never, since I got my Grizzly and it has a helical head, I've never used anything but the slower speed, but on my old DeWalt benchtop, that was a straight knife planer. And that yeah. makes a big difference. Like those mill yeah. marks become very apparent. Um, and I just, I just had to Google it. Cause I remember there was a significant difference. The, the 735, the DeWalt 735 is 14 feet per minute and 26 feet per minute. So it's almost oh, wow. double the speed. Wow. So I do remember like changing the speed because like I ain't got time for that type move. <laughs> like <laughs> speed the sucker up and, and it made a big difference. But that also did create a pretty lumpy surface. Um, <laughs> lumpy certainly is a relative term, but compared to the 26 feet per minute, it was a definite difference in the, in the appearance of, of the surface. Needed I was curious what, what, what mine is since you threw those numbers out there. The Powermatic, I don't know if this is, it's a, the five horse. I'm just Googling this quickly, um, but I'm sure it's the same 16 and 20 feet per minute. Yeah. So not that's really what, that's that what big mine of a difference. Is too. I'm like, I don't even know what mine's set to because it basically feels the same. Yeah. There's no it's not difference that in much speed. slower or faster. So anyway, remove that feature. It's dumb. <laughs> I'm sure. Actually, I would be curious to know, though, for anyone who actually does use the feature, uh, what's the use case? What are you seeing and observing and what what situations are you using one or the other speed um, that the three of us are like, I don't know. I, know I can tell like, you what, what I'm using the, the handle for. It's where I hang my earmuffs. That's me, too, actually. <laughs> it's really good. At that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know on this uh, on the jet planers, uh, I think it's Todd Clippinger put up a post about it uh, a few years ago when he bought one. The jet actually has like the fastest, highest speed of any of the stationary planers. And oh. that's why he bought that one because he's like, oh, I want it faster for production runs. Well, he's like planning like, ah, God knows how many boards at once if he's doing like custom trim for something. Yeah. So it actually makes a difference in that production setting. But huh. it's just kind of interesting because none of the other ones are actually, will actually even go that fast. Yeah. Mine's 16 and 22, 20 yeah. as well, which also further, um, affirms what I believe that the difference between Mark's Powermatic planer and my Grizzly paint planer <laughs> is the paint job. How dare you? Well, I think the Powermatic has like a US made Balder motor in it and mine yeah. has like uh, some Chinese made motor. And That's it's right. Green. So sit down. Sit down. Let's get that American copper in there. 
Um, I'm looking at the feet per minute on the jet. Holy smokes. 24 and 31. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, faster. That's interesting. So if you're in a production shop, that's what you want. Because you're like, I got to slam 800 boards through here. Well, I don't need 100 boards. I mean, that's actual time savings at that point. What's interesting about that is if that if there's that much of a difference between the feed rate, you would think that would be maybe a selling point. Right. To, to talk about. <laughs> but it's like I would never have known that if I didn't if we didn't have this conversation. But you go, oh, this is one of the fastest planers you can get. Well, that, you know, why isn't that in the title somewhere? <laughs> Lead, lead with this information because it seems like it's an arbitrary difference between them, but it clearly is not. Sounds like you got to send Jet a bill for some marketing consultation. Well, yep. Well, but I <laughs> think it's also... Guys, you can't sell your, your own products? <laughs> knowing your customer. Um, you know, Jet is not a commercial customer. They sell to hobbyists and like weekend woodworkers. And for most of us, we set it on the slower speed because we want that nice finish you know we're not it's not such a huge we're not in a big hurry um whereas you know i look at the commercial mill where i work and you're not going to find oh, jets or power that's a whole other level of stuff delta though. you know we're talking winig um yeah. molders and things like that and and that's where the speed matters um so why so. are they putting the speed on the the one that's geared toward home hobbyists probably because it was already there <laughs> It's the gearbox they bought, but that's why they're not advertising. That's what I mean. Oh, that's not I, I why, see what you're saying. That's why it's not really a talking point because nobody cares. <laughs> okay. Don't want to brag about it. <laughs> they just had brag, whatever gearbox but, uh, they found, you know? They just dug around yeah. in the shelves. Oh, here's a gearbox. Let's use that. Okay. <laughs> let's go with that one. Roll with it. Perfect. That. Let's paint it white. <laughs> All right. Get that white paint out here. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Who's next? I'm lost. Oh, I think I am. It's Matt now. Yeah. Okay. It's from Todd. Uh, Todd would consider himself more a carpenter than a metal worker. He has a small shop area, and depending on his projects, he's moving things around. He may have to work on the car or ATV or a furniture piece or something else for the house or yard. The table saw is not on wheels, but it's on a stand, so he drags it where he needs it. Uh, the next project is going to be a table saw stand. There you go, Mark, for your table saw workbench with wheels and a combination outfeed table. <laughs> I just talked about this with you. Yeah. My son has gotten into welding and needs a welding table. My debate is whether wood or metal and a, and a small shop. I saw on the Metalist YouTube site a metal table with dog holes for clamping. Is there a reason why I shouldn't make my table out of metal? When watching woodworking or metal uh, working, woodworkers have a wood table and metal workers have a metal table. I get, As it should be. I get the metal woodworkers have a metal table, you know, for fire. <laughs> And welding Cause reasons. Fire. <laughs> For fire. But should you do woodworking on wood? What are your thoughts? So th this is this is kind of interesting. So I, I think for the use case, if it was purely an outfeed table and nothing else, I don't think it would matter. I think a metal outfeed table would work just fine because all you're doing is supporting your work pieces. When it gets a little dicey is when you start looking at that as an actual work surface to be doing actual woodworking on. And if you're doing anything like more furniture, like your table will destroy your tools if your tools contact your table. That is the right. downside of it. So if I was chopping some dovetails and my chisel slips and goes to, into my workbench, doesn't really matter. My workbench is made out of wood, whatever. If my workbench is made out of metal and I slip, I'm going back to the grinding stone and sharpening a chisel. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to cross cut a board with a circular saw, and it accidentally cut into my workbench, doesn't matter. If I accidentally cut into a metal workbench, blade is done. Toast. So I think <laughs> I think it's more of like a work thing, like doing the actual work on there. A work thing. A work it's thing. A work thing. It's like a working thing. <laughs> of the, the downsides come when you actually start using it for doing woodworking on it. But if it's purely as like a little like work table and an outfit table, I, I don't think it would matter because there's a lot of people that do like use their work. They're uh, wow, I'm having a hard time tonight. Haven't they? Wow. They use their table saw table as a workbench. <laughs> so you can ask anyone that, you know, uses the table saw as a workbench, what that's like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's probably not super great. It's probably good for some things like assembly As say, and glue assembly ups and table. stuff. It's probably fine, nice. but, you start like chopping mortises and 
stuff on there. I don't know. One slip. Put your hand plate. This that's an essence where you actually want to put your hand plate on its side and not down, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's one time I'll agree with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Finally get behind that. <laughs> get behind it, sure. One, one uh, thing what about can... like the surface just being really unforgiving? Uh like in terms of wood on wood, um, maybe a finished piece, maybe you drop it right. from you know a couple inches above and the metal table dents, but the wood table would have given right. a little bit. Yep, that's another another example when you actually get in there and actually like I don't know, working on like parts on that yeah. table. But as an assembly or just simply outfit table, like a work support table, not really a big deal. Another thing you can do too is if you want to kind of get the best of both both worlds, is to just put like a piece of wood on top of the metal when you want to yeah. do woodworking. Just to yeah, kind of absorb that. Yeah, piece just of plywood, like or something. plywood or MDF on there. You can even make that area like recessed a little bit so that when you want to do woodworking, you put your thing on top of there and then everything's all, all level or something. That could be a another feature, I guess, of things. But you know, you could have both ways if you want. That sounds like the best idea for him because, I mean, it's one thing for, okay, the woodworking stuff gets, you know, second billing. But when we're talking about metal and fire and things like that, you don't really have that many choices. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to protect against the fire. And then how do you make it work for wood? And I think your your suggestion with like adding a sacrificial surface on top for the woodworking probably makes the most sense. Yeah. The other right. thing too is if you, if forget, you all do, you like, do is just burn through the supplemental top till you get to the table. So the fire right. is well, when, it's, when it's all used up, you just burn it in place you and, yeah. and you're good to go. One, mm-hmm. one issue you'll probably encounter is if you're actually doing welding and metalworking on that table is like uh, metal chips and metal shavings and metal dust getting embedded in your wood if you're Oof. using it, you know, at the same time without fully cleaning it. So that's another thing to consider with like a secondary sacrificial top thing. You can cover up all the goop <laughs> with a piece of sacrificial wood so that your actual mm-hmm. wood projects don't get full of, uh, you know, metal shavings and stuff. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah, no. Yeah. Just make sure that it only goes on one way so you don't actually flip that over and yeah. the side that's been pressed against the metal is now up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, not good. All right, one last question here from Instagram from Joel. He says, on the topic of dumb questions, I have a few mortish drill bits that lost their temper. Uh, could the chisel part be used as a punch for square holes? And uh, I thought this was just a good quick question that we could answer real quick. Absolutely. Yep. There's no reason why you can't um, sharpen that sucker up hit all four sides. And uh, in fact, a lot of people um, before Daryl Peart got, you know, <laughs> right? Lee Valley to make those punches. <laughs> guess what people did? They did that. That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hollow chisel mortars or chisels are great for creating those uh, square holes. So yeah, hundred percent. That's a great use for them. And I don't think you'll have any issues with it really. All right. Anything else guys? I think we're good. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. So that just about does it for us. Remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com for a store near you or use the code WOODTALK online to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a set of Dust Right Flex Support hose <laughs> kits just like Matt has. Those things. Those things that Matt knows what they are. Now I looked them up. <laughs> They're little things. flexy things. I've seen them before. See? You see Pretty them. sweet stuff. You know what they are. Yeah, you like to flex your hose once in a while. Oh, gosh. oh no. I, I get it. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Rockler, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I don't know why they let us do I'm all sorry. this. <laughs> <laughs> not only, oh, not you only want did a they professional let us ad read, it, you came to the wrong like, place. <laughs> they're happy with us doing it. Like we, as we said before, we actually just had a quarterly call with them and they're like really happy with us. It's not even uh-huh. a matter of, you know, it would be better if you didn't do this or kind of hope you would tone <laughs> It'd back. It would be better no, if you didn't make a mockery of our company. <laughs> There's right. never been that kind of feedback. I <laughs> no. really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> We get that from the audience. They're like, don't you think you guys should? No, 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 no. We haven't gotten in trouble. It's fine. (laughs) Keep pushing until you get in trouble. (laughs) We're going to find the limit. I'm going to get that email at some point. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of us getting emails, hey, if you want to ask a question, send us an email. You can send those to woodtalkshow at gmail.com. 
woodtalkshow.com. You can also record a voicemail and email it to us that way. You could go to woodtalkshow.com and fill out the contact form and send us an email that way. And Margaret, our social media maven, tells me that there actually is an email button on the Instagram profile page. Whoa. That you can click and send an email. Who knew? Like, does it work? Fancy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't tested it. I don't she know if anybody's tested it. I don't it. remember doing that. <laughs> she, so. she said she literally just like discovered it. Like she clicked on the profile to see what was there and there was an mm-hmm. email button. So, um, sure. Yeah. I imagine it goes, I don't know, whatever account set up that is tied to that, uh, to that Instagram account, it must be going to that email address. So I assume that's the Wood Talk Show Gmail account. So well, we'll, I, we'll find maybe out. Maybe I'll go check that. Somebody use it and we'll find out. But supposedly <laughs> yeah. there's one other way to get us. Or as you discovered today, you can go to the Instagram, uh, the Instagram, you can go to the Instagram account. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Uh, the Instagram. I just aged 20 years when I said that. Old man Instagram. (laughs) You go to the Instagram and the Facebooks and the TikToks and all that. And and you can um, ask a question there as Joel did. And it actually made it on the show. So... As always, we do want to say continue to thank Margaret. She's doing an absolute bang up job managing social media, asking questions, taking she's getting you to post pictures of a recent project. And she even like comments on them like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this is impressive social media management going on. She even there, replies so. to my comments. <laughs> <laughs> the the weirdest thing, though, is she replies a lot of times as would talk and I'm the like admin of the page mm-hmm. yep so I get very confused on things that she's done that look like I did it but I didn't do it it's <laughs> wait a little bit confusing. when did I write this what yeah you know what's really um my favorite thing that she does so far she's got a lot of creative uh fun ideas but the thing that I like the most is when she does a quote from an old wood talk episode and says guess who said this and it could be from any any episode we've ever done and people have to guess who was likely to say that. And then like a week later, she plays the actual clip. It's pretty awesome. That one's like rough, too, because I'm like, I have I, maybe I said this. Yeah, like, we're this, on the this, show. This could be me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like even know. <laughs> it sounds so like far, something I would say. So far, I've never been able to guess it. <laughs> I caught the last one. I knew that was Vanderlis talking about his wife saying he's talking to himself. That definitely true. sounds like something Vanderlis would have said. That's true. But yeah, good stuff. Never... Keep, keep it up, Margaret. Very good nice. stuff and as always thanks to nick for doing the editing of the show because if he wasn't there the show would probably never come out we just have these audio <laughs> files sitting in like mark's hard drive somewhere yeah. or just like really weird levels you can't hear anybody It'd just be awful and well, you wouldn't know when that. the show title happened it would be terrible <laughs> <That's important things>. <laughs> <laughs> the ding you gotta listen for the ding the ding you don't what talk about, about the ding the ding all right well, I guess we're done. Are we? I hope so. Yeah. Oh, is that it all? Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, now's a good time. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for making it this far. <laughs> en- enduring this torture? Who's still here? Yeah. Who's still listening? They know. It's Margaret. Margaret's still here. Just in all case. Those, all those Ferris Bueller fans and Marvel fans that wait to the end of the credits. That's right. The Easter egg. <laughs> Thank you. Here's your Easter egg. Sorry it wasn't better. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.